When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome into another Auburn Live football show. I am Justin Hokinson, joined, as always, most of the time by my buddy Cole Pinkston. Cole, what's up? What's up, man? You in the middle of the woods? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the uh, good old river house out here. Uh, you know, Sometimes you got to make adjustments on the fly. It is nice. what it is. Nice. Um, well, let's get into some talk before we do. Big shout-out to Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn, sponsor of the show. Go check them out uh, right there on Magnolia Avenue, right next to Taco Mama. Session Cocktail, happy hours, 4 to 6. Um, great cocktail drinks, great bar seating and lounge seating. It's a great place to, to hang out before dinner, after dinner. Go check them out, the good people at Session, Hunter and Joe and Avery and, and all the nice people there. Um, just make sure and go check them out. Session Cocktails, downtown Auburn. Appreciate their support of the Auburn Live Football Show. Well, we're in it. Auburn's 1-0. They beat UMass 59-14 on Saturday. Getting ready for a road game against Cal. Coming up, five-point favorite Auburn is for a late-night start on Saturday night. Uh, UMass game never really in doubt, but I don't know how you feel about it, Cole. Despite the score... I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it did it didn't feel as completely dominant as it as it as the score indicated. I don't know if it was you know the pick six and the big punt return and you know a couple of short field situations where Auburn didn't have to do much to score some of those points. Um, the passing game wasn't anything special, hundred and forty yards from Peyton Thorne. Um, a couple of big plays in the passing game, but nothing that made you, you know, take a huge step back and go, whoa, where did that come from? I mean, Shane Hooks, a couple catches. Jay Fair with a touchdown on a, a nice route, a nice ball. Javaris Johnson right. had a nice catch, a nice fade route. But, you know, nothing special through the passing game. And then the running game was just you're bigger, stronger than you mass, and you just ran tempo, and you, and you, and you pushed them around, and you ran the ball. Yeah, so it, it just feels like Cole, it was a it was a, a dominant score, and and there were some statistical things that were dominant. Auburn only allowed one third down conversion the whole game, converted sixty percent of theirs. Um, I think seventy like seventy percent of Auburn's plays were in UMass territory, I and mean, there were some stats that were really dominant about it. But I didn't come away thinking that Auburn was. I guess I didn't come away thinking anything differently than I went in, which is. Defense is kind of suspect. Passing game is pretty average. Running game is where you're going to lean on. Probably the biggest takeaway for me would be was was probably Robbie Ashford in that you know if you if you take Hugh Freeze at his word, he's going to be really really valuable in the red zone. And you saw it. He immediately comes in. They run some packages, and it just whether it's giving Auburn an extra blocker or just mixing up. You know, there's going to be times probably where Robbie throws off that too, but I guess the biggest takeaway would be his value to that team in the red zone, given what I saw of the offense as a whole. But 
What are your impressions coming off that game? Do you think anything differently than you did going in? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I have a few different um I have a few different views after watching it. I was the same as you going in. I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the defense. In fact, I didn't have a lot of confidence at all in the defense. I was worried about the front seven. Um, I'm worried about the safeties. Uh, I think that was the position unit I ranked last when I did the re-rank. Safeties, line, yeah. It might have been linebackers. It was between those two, and, and that's unfortunate because, you know, I think Wesley McGriff and Josh Aldridge are awesome. I think they're going to be pretty good. It's just, uh, you, you know, you got what you have right now and didn't get anybody in the portal at safety. Uh, linebacker did, but we knew Austin Keys was sort of banged up going in. He didn't have what I would consider a great game. He was okay, I guess, at best. And I, I've only watched through one half, uh, you know, going back through. But um, I, I came away thinking that there are more playmakers on offense than I was giving them credit for. I think that was the main thing. Uh, for for the positive side of things, I thought, okay, there there's some there's some you know pretty good playmakers here that they can work with, and it looked like they were trying to mess around, and I say mess around. What I mean by that is they were trying to spread it around and see what they had and get some different things going with the receivers. So I, I liked that. I thought that was good. I mean, Ravada Fairweather wasn't even targeted, so that's yeah. You know, we know he's good. I mean, I've seen enough film to tell you he's good. It, it, that. To, to know that he wasn't used and you still had this offensive success, I think that's good news. Um, you know, Jeremiah Cobb to me was the best running back. And I know he was sort of in on garbage time, but I watched him pass protect as good as anyone that has pass protected at Auburn in a long time. He did a lot of things that I thought were not freshman-like. So I think he's going to get to play some more, I would think, anyway. The Robbie Ashford package is something that I want to sit down and study a little bit more. I want to see how it was used, when it was used, what the play calls were, um, and see how that is used going forward. I, I don't love it. I'll just be you know, honest about it. I know he scored three times. Maybe it's more of a red zone thing uh, or a goal line thing. I think I would prefer it that way if it were up to me. But, um, you know, I don't like taking a quarterback out of the rhythm. I've always been against that, the two-quarterback deal. So, I'm not sure what to think of that yet. Yeah, I think for sure, for sure, he's going to be a red zone weapon. I mean, that was clear. All three of his touchdowns were, I think, ten yards, one yard, and four yards. Pretty much every time he came in, and certainly in the first half, it was a red zone opportunity. Yeah. And so that for sure is going to be one of the touchdowns was was a pass. I mean, could have he could have thrown the ball, he just chucked it and ran it. He he pulled, he faked it, and there was multiple guys running routes. And it was up to him. Throw the ball or tuck it and run. Right. Everybody seemed to be covered. He tucked it and, and made it made a quick decision to his credit, made a quick decision and took off and dove for the pylon and scored. Um, and so, yeah, I want to see more from that. It, it obviously, bringing Robbie in, like it's not going to work like that every every time. You're getting it's good teams. It's not going to work like that. But I think there are some opportunities to run the ball in a confined space like the red zone to get that extra blocker where it could help. Um, but you're still going to have to execute, throw the ball for some touchdowns. You mentioned Revolta Fairweather. You're right. I mean, Fairweather didn't get targeted. Camden Brown didn't get targeted. Um, Amari Kelly didn't get targeted, I don't think. There just there wasn't a lot there. Now, Hugh Freeze did say after the game there were some things we saw that we didn't use because we didn't want to put them on film. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, you know, mentioned you know, there were some, a couple things they thought they could take advantage of. They did. That touchdown to Jay Fair, Jay Fair I think, was probably one of them. 
Um, but there were some other things they said that were there that they intentionally didn't go to because they just didn't need to. Hugh Freeze said afterwards, we could have been as balanced as we wanted to be. And, and he's right. Um, and so I'll give the passing game a little bit of, um, a little bit of a pass there in that there wasn't a need for it to be opened up. But I think what Hugh Freeze mentioned after the game was, you know, maybe some, maybe some route running mistakes, which we've heard before. Um, in that RPO game. And, and that, that's what I just need to see more of is understanding of the receivers and the quarterback and knowing they're on the same page. And, and I, I didn't see enough of that to make me feel good about the cohesion there when you get against teams that are stuffing the run or you've got to make quick decisions um, about those receivers being in the right spot, running the right routes. Um, I just didn't see enough of that, enough spreading the ball around, enough tough throws from Peyton Thorne. I just didn't see enough. I'm not saying that they're not potentially an efficient passing game, but I didn't see anything to make me think anything different in fall camp, which was it's just a massive question mark to me, the passing game. The whole, the whole passing operation to me is just, um, uh, it's just a massive, it's just a massive question mark. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably my favorite part of the game was when, Hugh Freeze threw his headset in the direction of Peyton Thorne. <laughs> yeah, not happy. Well, I mean, honestly, it, it's funny, but I, I every time I see him, and it's it's mostly for recruiting purposes. It's you know he's the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he'll he'll talk to anybody. He'll come up to media and and talk to you, and uh, you know, generous with his time and all this. So seeing him react like that is sort of a different look for for me, from my standpoint at least. I'm sure people at practice have seen him that way, you know, ten times a day. But um, I liked seeing that reaction from him, and and I thought that it was going back and looking. At, I think that Peyton Thorne made a bad read, and I, I mean, one bad read, and you're going to react that way. That tells me that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna fix a lot of those things. That's why he likes Peyton Thorne because he knows he he works with with the way he wants to do things. That's very obvious. He got into a rhythm, Peyton Thorne, later in the game, I thought, throwing the football. Had some really nice touch. It just seems like, and we talked about this when we were in the press box, Justin. Uh, when he's in the game, it felt like it was not, it was more smooth. Uh, the way that the operation was going, even with the running game and everything. When Robbie came in and, and his drives went on, it felt jerky. It felt a lot like it did a year ago. Uh not when his not during his packages, but when he was actually all right. We're going with Robbie for this entire drive. That was the difference to me, and that's what we've been saying is probably what you can expect from Thorne. It's not flashiness and you know um, acrobatic throws and all this crazy stuff. It's just he's going to be able to move the offense at an efficient pace for the most part, and he did. And we'll see if he can do that against better competition. Which I don't know if you caught Cal, but. Um, didn't have a bad first game there either. No, they didn't put up a lot of points, a lot of yards. I think that's going to be a shootout. We can talk about that in a, in a, in a few minutes. Um, yeah, I think it was just such a committee. I mean, even running the football, it was such a it was such a running back by committee effort um, yeah. where nobody even nobody even got to ten carries in the game. You know, Damari came out and had eight for forty three, and then let's see. Um, Damari Alston's last carry of the game was uh, in the second quarter. You know, his last game. I mean, matter of fact, all all but one of his carries were in the first quarter. 
So you didn't really get I, – I thought DeMario also would come out and have a, 100 yards in that game. He, he played the first quarter, and he's done. Um, and then you saw Robbie. You know, Robbie obviously had some, some touchdowns. They just scored in some of the field position situations. There weren't opportunities for long drives or for, you know, and there wasn't a need for somebody like DeMario Austin to stay in the game. You know, Brian Batty had eight carries for 31 yards. He got a little work. And then Cobb and Sean Jackson got some work late. So it's just the way Auburn scored in some of those, some of those ways, it, it just lended itself to nobody really having a monster game and there wasn't really a, a need for it. That's why you dive in, you look at third downs, Auburn was six of 10. That's good. Um, you know, we talked about only four penalties for Auburn. That's good. You know, we talked about big plays. I think they had 13 big plays for, for 300 yards, which big plays, uh, constitutes 10 plus yard runs and 15 plus yard passes. So they had some big plays. That's good. Um, that second quarter there for a minute, they ran 20 something plays in only like three minutes of possession. So there was a stretch early in the game where they were running at lightning speed. Um, they were. So there were some good stats. There's some, if you dig in, there's some good things about what, you know, being efficient on offense. It's just playing a game like UMass, you just really can't, you can't come out of it making any type of real grand assessments. You just can't. You can almost look for, well, I didn't see anything super negative. And so that's kind of where I'm at. You're not really going to take anything super positive away, I don't think. You just maybe want to, in that kind of game, you don't want to see something really glaring like, Wow, we we couldn't push the ball, push UMass off the ball consistently. That that's a problem if you're a coach saying that. Um, yeah. But I didn't necessarily see that. I didn't I didn't know that they had awesome push all the time. There's a lot of a lot of times the running backs were bouncing it outside. I don't know if that was on the backs or if there wasn't a hole or whatever it was. There's a lot of bouncing I thought, but um, yeah, it's just hard to take a ton from from that offense. I thought they did their job, which is I guess all you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, and I think that's sort of, you know, that's sort of the Peyton Thorne. That's kind of what you can expect with Peyton Thorne, I think, is just make sure they get the job done. That's the reason he was picked. Um, again, not you're not going to have all these flashy plays. I don't expect that with him. He'll, he'll have one here and there. I mean, the throw to Jay Fair on the up the seam down the middle of the field I thought was as pretty of a throw as I've seen in a minute. Uh, so he's capable of doing that, and he's got touch on all his throws. You know, we talked about that. I think – one of the things you can take away from a game like this, because it is hard to take away things, uh, just because we know UMass is not going to be good enough to, you know what I mean. Um, I think you can take away the turnovers again, because we had these um, scrimmages where we heard there were no turnovers. Now you got a game where there's no turnovers. I, I don't care who you play or who your opponent is. If, if It's hard not to turn the ball over. It's really difficult. And, you probably remember last year's opener against Mercer. There were all kinds of turnovers from Robbie Astrid and TJ Finley who played quarterback. So I think bottom line is it's just a cleaner operation on the offensive side right now, or at yeah. least it was in that, in that football game. The defensive side is sort of up and down, but what I like about it is where they lack maybe in talent or depth at times. Ron Roberts is going to send the house and give them a chance to make a big play, and I like that. He that first drive, you know, we talked about this too, Justin. It was like, all right, they're pretty conservative. It seems like base defense, not a lot of blitzing, and they got you know torched on yeah. the first drive. Yeah, bad. And then Roberts was must have been sitting up there and said, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to blitz a little bit more here, and they did, 
and then that, then they were tough to deal with. And, and getting guys like Kaufman and Scott in there on those blitzes, were they couldn't stop that. And uh, I just think if you're going to have issues on your defense like depth and talent, if that's the case, the best chance to win is doing what they did by blitzing all the time and, and, and you know, boomer bust type deals uh, because the booms could be really good. The bust could be really bad, but at least you have a shot to make some big plays and turnovers. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a fair point. You talk about defense. Let's let's talk about defense a little bit. Um, Auburn gives up 300 total yards, um, which is probably too many to this UMass team. But 89 of those came on the first drive. After that first drive, they gave up 212 the rest of the game. Uh, and, and played a lot better. They just seemed—I don't know—the first 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 drive they seemed very basic, and uh, and they got torched a little bit. Allowed some guys some free running room and quarterback and, and some other things. And so um, first drive just wasn't wasn't there. And then after that, it looked like they dialed up the pressure a little bit more at times and and created a lot more negative negative plays. The only one real big downside is you know you allowed a hundred yard rusher, uh, fourteen carries for a hundred yards for UMass running back Tayron Adams. So that that's that's you know that's not great. To to allow a hundred yard rusher to a team like UMass is not where it needs to be. And look, you know that rush defense was a problem last year. Looks like it's still an issue. It's something we've talked about um at nauseum really is what does this front seven look like? What is this defensive line gonna look like? You're missing Jalen McLeod. Um but but um the rush defense wasn't wasn't great. They're, they weren't really a threat through the air a whole lot. I mean, they had 161 yards passing. You had a pick six. Um, there, you know, those guys weren't really getting threatened. A lot of those yards were some slants um, where they've got to clean up and, and maybe put a little more pressure on some easy slant routes that they that they had. Um, and then, of course, they had a you know of that 161, they had a 50 58 yarder that came late in the game against backups for a touchdown. Um, you know, where I think you had a missed tackle or something. And so, um, you know, a lot of those yards were was kind of a garbage play towards the end. I think my big takeaway on defense is linebacker. Um, I, I, did, I can't really tell much defensive line-wise. Um, nothing really stood out. I'd like to see Jalen McLeod. I want to see him healthy and playing. Um, you love what you – look, you knew what you got at nickel, and, boy, did they perform. Donovan Kaufman and Keontae Scott, how, how do you get them on the field at the same time is my, is my challenge to Ron Roberts. Like, how, how do you let them both play? Because they're, they're just, they're fantastic football players and they, and they make things happen. Both those guys were awesome. Um, you know, we mentioned Jalen Simpson with, with the pick six and the fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, picking that ball up. Linebackers where my eyes kind of go to on that one for, for a few reasons. Number one, you look at the stats and, and, there's just Cam Riley and, and Austin Keys just didn't do much at all stat-wise. Larry Nixon assisted a few times. Asante's really the only one that tallied some tackles, had six tackles, led the team, and, and looked active and energized, and, and he looked like what we heard about in fall camp. The other guys just didn't flash at all. Um, and then, of course, that first drive sticks in my head where you go out there and start, and Keys and Riley are your starting linebackers, and you should be setting the tone, and you come right out. And just give up an 89-yard drive. Um, if, if you're the linebackers, you got to take some some accountability for that. And so that's probably where my eyes go to. And that position seems more so coming out of that game seems very very unsettled. I thought going in 
Austin Keys, he was one of the guys I wrote about. Like, he's a player to watch. Like, if he's going to be the man in the middle, I want to see what he's all about. And um, now they rotated a lot. He played, you know, Keys and Riley played a few less snaps than Larry Nixon and, and Eugene Asante, but um, didn't see a lot from Riley and, and Keys. Left a lot to be desired from those guys. Cam Riley, it was almost like it was last year or even during fall camp. It was just like, I guess he was out there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. As big and athletic as he is, how do you come away in a game? How does he not make a play or two every game where you're like, oh, there's Cam? And it's like another game where you're like, did he even play? I wouldn't even know. And so that position to me is the one I come out going. Asante looked good. He looked like a like a like a guy who could who who does what Roberts wants to do in terms of wreaking havoc and in 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 making things happen. But um, Keys and Riley need to see more from them. Didn't didn't come away super impressed with 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 how they played. No, I, I wouldn't either. Um, I honestly thought that Asante, uh, yeah, Asante and uh, Nixon were the better duo. Saturday, uh, that doesn't mean they will be going forward. It, it just means that they they seem to be more reactive, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Asante, I mean, he led the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken, and he, he yeah. just had a good game all around, and that's what we've been hearing about him, that he was going to do that. So uh, that made sense, and I like to see that. I like the way he plays. He's fast. He, he's quick. He gets, uh, you know, he gets the ball pretty good. Um, I'm still looking for that linebacker that's going to, you know, bust things up in the middle. And I really do think that Austin Keys is that guy. I think he's still a little bit banged up. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For now. You know, I I, I got to have that linebacker because watching Zacoby McClain, K.J. Britt, and these guys that did it so well, it makes you, you know, it's like, man, it, your standard's a little bit higher, <laughs> especially for a guy like Cam Riley, and that's why I totally agree with you, like, what? Well, how does that happen? How do how do they disappear in the game like that? It's strange, but um, you know, I, I think the defense as a whole is is if you if you're talking about getting Donovan Kaufman and Keontae Scott on the field at the same time, you're probably going to have to put Scott um, at corner at times and Kaufman at nickel because I think Kay and Lee had some issues as well. But he's a freshman; that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I don't think that and I what you're describing I don't see happening. I think James and Pritchett are going to be your corners. And um, now there is some benefit. I mean, here we are talking about you know I'm saying like how do you get them on the field at the same time? Well, I, on the other hand, what a what a benefit to be able to rotate in at nickel two guys of that caliber. Where especially if you're going to create a lot of pressures from the nickel position. If you're able to throw Keontae out there and he's covering and every now and then he's blitzing, um, and then you need to pull him to the sideline, you throw in Donovan Kaufman, um, and now you a fresher Donovan Kaufman, and he can do everything that Keontae can do. He's just a little bit a little bit smaller. So in terms of coverage, maybe um his coverage skills are a little different in terms of length. But other than that, he's a physical player, he blitzes, he's a great blitzer, he makes things happen. So it, it's a it's a, it, at the other on the other hand, it's a nice benefit. 
to be able to have two guys pretty much at all times, you're going to have a nickel that's, that's going to be a playmaker. There's not going to be a time where you have to bring Keontae off and you put somebody else in and you're like, ooh, well, that guy's a young guy. He's not, he's not the same kind of playmaker. That nickel position pretty much at all times is going to be locked and loaded with, 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 with those two, you know, with those two guys, which is, I think, a huge benefit. What did you think of, um, um, you know, along the defensive line, Keldrick Falk got in, played played just 13 snaps, graded out pretty well according to Pro Football Focus. He was the third highest graded player on defense behind Kaufman and Simpson, uh, but only played only played those 13 snaps, but had two tackles and 13 snaps. Um, Messiah Nasili Kai played 24 snaps and uh, didn't record a tackle um, in his 24 snaps. Actually missed a couple of tackles according to Pro Football Focus, but um, did you see enough of them to make any kind of determination in terms of whether you think Keldrick should be in the starting rotation um, versus Nasili Kai? Yeah, so or I'm going to have a controversial take on this. You say it. <laughs> Number one, uh, Keldrick Falk is really good, uh, and, and he needs to play a lot this season, I believe. So, yeah, I think he could definitely be in the starting rotation Um does he need to start over Mosiah Nasili Kite? Now, I know there's a lot of people on the board, you know, at Auburn Live talking about him missing some tackles. And, well, let me just tell you, he, he was blowing up his guy a few times early in the game, and he got red a few times. There's got, there has to be a linebacker there at some point to help him out. He's taking on a block. He's opening things up for linebackers to be able to run around. And I thought did a pretty good job in that regard. And I'm pretty sure when, when Jeremy Garrett goes back and looks on film, he's going to look at 33 and go, that's going to be hard to criticize him for that play because yeah. he put he put the guy on skates and there's no linebacker. Now, that's just fundamental football. I don't, I don't know where the linebacker was. I, I don't know. A lot of times that was the problem. I think they started to, uh, you know, get a better feel for it as the game went on, obviously. And like I said, Asante and Nixon seem to be better at this and, and, and filling holes. Uh, but, you know, we knew tackling was going to be a problem. Uh, they don't, it's going to be a problem for every team in college football because they don't tackle as much at practice anymore. It's just, that's something you have to rip. It's hard to tackle guys, especially really good athletes. And there's going to be those in college football no matter who you play. So, uh, I give, and I'm going to go back and look and make sure, but I, I give Nasili Kite a pretty good grade on my scale. Even though he misses a couple tackles, I think the linebacker needs to be there feeling behind him where he's pushing guys backwards. And I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought Keldrick Falk was more explosive uh, as a defensive lineman than when I went to go watch him as a recruit. He's definitely stepped up a notch in that in that uh, you know aspect. So I, I'm pretty impressed with him so far. Yeah, they uh, they they do credit um, Pro Football Focus does credit um, Messiah with with a couple of quarterback hurries. Um, I think those two missed tackles or a couple of missed tackles, whatever, just kind of brought his grade down a little bit. I think just com- that contrasted with Keldrick Falk, who um, who only played 13 snaps but hit the quarterback and had two tackles in, in those 13 snaps. Pretty good. Um, well, pretty bottom good. line, he was disruptive. Uh, yeah. And, and that's – if you're a freshman and you're learning the ropes a little bit, just be disruptive. You'll get in the game. It's very simple. <laughs> yeah. Um. A lot of players played on defense. You got 31 guys look like that, that played on that defensive side of the ball, including 
you know, players like Keldrick Falk, Garrison Walker, Champ Anthony played 24 snaps. Terrence Love got in for 17 snaps. Zakevius Walker played 15. Uh, Colton Hood only only ended up playing four snaps. DJ James played a lot. He played the most snaps of anybody, 35, and Coffin played 32. Um, you know, go down. Stephen Sings played 20. Griffin Speaks played 24 snaps. Larry Nixon played 23. Um, Jake Levant got 13 snaps in. Um, Kay and Lee got 31 snaps in. Yeah. And he was one of the top three snaps, you know, because Pritchett was out, obviously. He he's, um, he's the one that needs that needs those stats. I mean, uh, snaps. He needs those snaps because, you know, I've been saying this for a while and got criticized when I put the corner group a little bit further back in my position unit ranking. But we saw that Saturday against UMass when when Pritchett goes down or one of these guys goes down, there's just not a lot behind them. Yeah, the DBS ten, a lot of lot of youngsters, a lot of youngsters. He gave up a couple of catches. K and Lee did. Looked like. Targeted four times, gave up two catches uh, for 27 yards. They might have been back-to-back slant routes. Uh, I remember him, and they literally both those might have come within a couple of plays, it seemed like, right there um, in the middle part of, of that game. But a lot of guys played. A lot of young guys played on defense, and that's that's good. That's what the defense is going to need. Um, but, yeah, just nothing. I really just want to – I want to see Jalen McLeod out there. I want to see how a healthy 100% Jalen McLeod impacts things um, because they pressured the quarterback, but obviously, I mean, four of those were Donovan Kaufman. You know, yeah. so when you talk about putting pressure on the quarterback, let's see if I can find their total. They had 15 quarterback hurries, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, well, total pressures. Here we go, 22 total pressures. Four of those are your nickel, and then – Another three are your other nickel, Keontae. So, so a third of, of the total pressures were from your both your nickel players. Um, yeah. And then you had just kind of some, you know, a couple from Eugene Asante, a couple from um, Nasili Kite, uh, a couple from Cam Riley. But I want to see Jalen McLeod. I want to see healthy Jalen McLeod and see what he can do, um, not just pressing the quarterback, but using using his athletic ability to disrupt other other ways, run game, pass game, whatever, whatever it might be. I want to see a healthy Nehemiah Pritchett not out there, JD Rim not out there, Caleb Wooden not out there. Yeah. So a lot of guys, some, some guys, including two starters on defense, didn't didn't play. And so you know it was um, you don't have a full picture, a full clear picture of of the defense. But they forced turnovers, they scored on defense. Um, one thing I noted uh, that I wrote is I was looking at um, the Havoc rate for the game, and I'm looking it up, and it looked like they were they had 10 Havoc plays, which was um, right at they – had, they were right at the 20% mark in terms of Havoc. And I remembered Ron Roberts talking about Havoc, and so I went back in my quotes and went back to look to see what specifically he said because I knew we talked about where – what does he want to see in terms of what's success to him. Sure enough, I go back and look back in the spring, and his – his his determination of success is 20%. So they were dead on where they needed to be in terms of the amount of plays, havoc plays compared to the total plays they wanted to be, which was right at 20%. They hit that on the head, and that's without Jalen McLeod in the, in the game. So I thought that was a good sign. Yep, that's a good thing. I think the pass rush is a question mark for me right now because yeah. they couldn't get pressure just bringing four. 
Uh, you know, had to dial it up. That was the only way they could do it. They had to dial it up. And, um, you know, I don't know if everybody got like a fair look at how good they can be as a pass rusher because uh, there was so much swapping around. I thought Steven Sings did a couple of good things. Keldrick Falk, obviously. I think there's a couple of guys there that can help you with it eventually. But I, I, I can't – that's one of the things, like you were saying, I really can't give a good assessment on how the pass rush is going to be. But in that game, at least in the snaps that these guys got, they couldn't get pressure with just four guys. So that's a little bit concerning moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one of the things we didn't hit on on offense that I'm curious if you have any thoughts in is the offensive line. You know, it we knew that they were going to play a lot of guys there in some different rotations. It's one of the things that we pointed out or one of the things to watch for in the game was the amount of offensive line um, units and groupings, and and we saw that. I, I don't know how many played. Probably over 10 guys for sure, for sure played. I was trying to look up the exact um, – the exact total snap counts, but a lot of guys play Dylan Senda and Connor Liu and Jaden Muskrat. Um, Jaleel Urban played 20 snaps. I mean, so there's just a lot of guys got some snaps in. Did you see anybody that really stood out to you offensive line-wise? Or do you, like, I think it's going to be another couple games before they settle on this is unit one, and, and this is unit one, period. I think this game was one where you throw out their first drive, you're going out, second drive, this unit's going out. Second half, we're going to go. I think knew kind of how they were going to mix and match. Cal might be different. I think the Cal game, power five opponent. That's. I think you're going to see a little that settle down, where they're not going to go drive one Cal. It's going to be, you know, this unit. Second drive against Cal, it's going to be this unit. I don't. I don't think that'll happen. I think you're going to probably see mainly who the best five are. You might see a substitution in there, but I think you'll have a better idea. But did anybody stand out from the offensive line standpoint? Yeah, Dylan Wade, he's he's good, man. He he's a uh, he's solidified at the left tackle. If if they do keep moving around, he's not going to be moved, I don't think. I think he can handle that and pass protection is very good. He can run block. I think he's a good offensive lineman. Period. Uh I I like Tutal Miller. I think he's pretty good at tackle and, and Gunnar Britton seemed to hold his own pretty well at guard at least for that game. So, I think they'll probably try that again if I had to guess. I don't see it going back to Gunnar Britton at tackle. And if I had to pick the two best, I would say it was probably Dylan Wade and Cam Stutz. Now, I don't want to go back and look at it and make sure of that, but those are the two that I remember having the most success. Um, you know, I thought Avery Jones, there was a couple plays that stood out to me that he didn't get a lot of push on the inside, but then he did sometimes, so it was up and down. Again, I want to go back and look, but, um, if I had to guess, your starters are gonna. It's gonna look exactly like the starters that it did for UMass. And too tall Miller is gonna be your starter at right tackle with Gunnar Britton being that right guard. Um, so I'm thinking about this now. Does that mean did Jeremiah Wright go out with that first group at left guard or was it Stutz? It had to be Stutz, right? Stutz, Stutz, yeah. All right, so Wright came in. You know, I think at least at the guard. I think Stutz is going to pretty much solidify himself, but they're probably going to rotate right in at guard and move Britain out at tackle at times. I think that continues. Yeah, that was yeah the second unit out there was was what was the first unit for a long time. Can't I mean Wright didn't play in the spring, but once they got going in early in fall camp, it was basically 
from left to right, it was Dylan Wade, Jeremiah Wright, Avery Jones, Cam Stutz, Gunnar Britton. That was the that was kind of the group. Right. Then Xavier Miller came on strong and pushed himself into the starting rotation at right tackle, and then so then Britton moved to left guard and right came off the bench. And so your second unit on Saturday was what was the first unit for a while. Those two units, I think, they probably feel equally good about. But Gunnar Britton played um, tackle guard and then the other guard, I think. I mean, he played, like, at least three different positions yesterday um, yeah. in that in that game and looked and looked pretty good doing it. But I, I think I think maybe maybe another game of, of that offensive line trying to settle in and figure out their rotations. Um, but all in all um, – yeah, they did the, they did their job. They did their job. It was good to get a lot of guys. But that's probably the one thing you take away from this game: the amount of guys that played. Yeah, young transfers, you name it. The amount of guys that got tape, um, that got some action on tape and got some and got some work in was was huge. Definitely. Yeah, that was important. Uh, you know, it, it kind of worries you a little bit going into this game now that. You've seen Cal once, and they're not maybe as bad as you thought they were, at least offensively. Um, I don't know. Is North Texas a better opponent than UMass? Can you can you even play Probably. that? Uh, I think so. Maybe a little step higher. So it's it's a pretty impressive performance that they had. So you almost go, well, look, I mean, you want your starters to play as many snaps as possible in this first game so they're ready. And, and sort of tuned up going into that cow game, but they didn't. So, I, you know, I think this next one's going to be interesting. I really do for that reason. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Auburn goes into that game a five-point favorite. We don't know much about Cal other than they looked, you know, they put up a bunch of points, a bunch of yards in that first game. Don't know what kind of roster they have in terms of um, – or I don't even know much about their scheming in terms of is this a game where um, – you know, how much trouble can Cal give Auburn? You know, what we do know is it's not, other than being on the road and across the country, the, the actual crowd is not, it's not a factor. I mean, crowd, I mean, Cal, I think, had about 30-something thousand people on average last year. Um, there'll probably be five, 6,000 Auburn fans that'll be out there. That won't be the issue. It'll just be more of second game of the year, quick turnaround, travel across the country, a Power 5 opponent, um, Bef, you know, really before you've had an opportunity to 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 build momentum or gain a ton of confidence with with all of these new pieces on the team. You would love maybe a couple more games before you go on the road. But it's right out of the gate. It's new quarterback. It's receivers. It's all these new pieces go on the road in a, in a different environment um, and, and operate and be efficient and execute. And that's not always easy. I mean, I think the first half – there could be some jitters, and, you know, some of these guys are, you know, um, I could see some jitters and some things like that happening early on in this game. Um, and so it's not a bad test, though. I mean, get week two road game against an opponent that you should have more athletes than. You should be able to to out physical. Um, it's, a good, it's a good test before SEC play. It's a good test that you should win. It's kind of like in basketball. It's one of those non-conference games that's a team that, you know, is has has got some you know might have some some power five type capable players, but they're a team you should for sure beat. Um, but it's not such a patsy like UMass that you you come out going I don't know where we're at physically. Like I don't know 
I don't know where we're at. Like, I think you'll get a little more of a test there, but it should be a test that you should pass um, yeah. if you're if you're Auburn. I mean, the five point favorite on, on the road, I think that's more indicative of. I'm not sure people know exactly what Cal is, or even Auburn for that matter. Yeah. Five point spread's kind of weird. I would think in a normal situation it might be a little bit more in Auburn's favor, but I'm not sure they know much about about either team yet. Right. Yeah. I, both are question marks going in, uh, so that's why I think it's interesting. And, and again, the travel and all this—it just it worries me a little bit because if you drop that game, it's just let's just oh, say you that, can't drop that game. hypothetically you drop that game, no, the schedule looks rough from there on out, and, and then your outlook is totally, totally different. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a very important game, and that's why I, I'm saying. Yes, good to get all those guys in there, but how much play did your starters get? Did they get a good feel for everything? Are they going to be feeling a little bit better when they get into this next game? I don't know. I'm not sure if that happened. I can't really answer that question, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see if Dark West Hunter comes back for that game, and, uh, and you know, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll know on Monday. Do and I- by the way, it may not matter. It may not matter. Auburn may be the more talented team, and that's that yeah. might be what wins out. It's just, you know, with with all these new guys, I want more experience personally, and, and I just don't know how much they got Saturday, the main guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um, well, yeah, I think all in all it was um, – I think all in all it was about what you would want from um, a, a first game. I think Hugh Freeze was happy. I think the coaches are happy. The, the, the players are happy. Um, and, uh, you know, you go out there, nobody got hurt. Um, you blow them out. You play a ton of guys. You know, you, you got to rest some other guys. It is what it is. I, I think the Cal's game is going to be really, really interesting because the playbook's going to open up a little bit. Definitely. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tested a little bit early mentally different environment. You're just going to be tested to execute um, for a bunch of new guys. And I think that's what I'm most eager to see is what does the execution look like? Is it a mentally tough team? Can they go on the road, second game, new coach, new staff, new players, new system, all this newness. Can they go second week of the season and immediately execute at a fairly high level? That'll be really like go no turnovers and execute. And you're like, wow, okay. They, they they seem like they got some things down. They open the playbook up a li- little bit, okay. Or um, is there some jitters, and and is there some things like that, that they're going to have to um, overcome? It's it's going to be interesting. Hey, I just realized that I didn't give a shout out to um, our other sponsor, GameTime.co. Um, Zach, throw their logo up. Yeah, GameTime.co. Go go check them out for tickets to sporting events, concerts, um, comedy shows, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, go check them out, gametime.co. They have a, they have a uh, discount code War Eagle you can use to get 20% off of your tickets. Um, it's awesome. I mean, go check out, uh, find your section, find your row, get some tickets. If you find tickets cheaper elsewhere, you can get a, a um, game time will hook you up with like 110% um, of that difference. They'll, they'll pay 100%, 110% of that difference. Like they'll credit you that if you can go find it somewhere else after you purchase with them. If you go check them out, but use that War Eagle code, you get 20% off on your first purchase for GameTime.co. It's a great way to go check out some tickets and all that good stuff. Um, so go check them out. 
Um, what do you want to hear from Hugh Freeze when we talk on the press conference? Anything in particular before we get out of here? Anything specific you want to hear him say? I'm I'm curious if he addresses Jarquez Hunter or if we get another I'm not going to talk about it answer. You, you think if Jarquez is going to play, you'll hear all good. Um, but we'll I, I guess we'll find out kind of what his answer is on that. But I'm I'm curious after watching the film, um, you know, maybe maybe what what he wants to say. You want to hear anything specific? Um, yeah, I mean, you'd like to hear him say Jarquez could play. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm almost curious to hear what he has to say about the quarterback system and, and if it's going to be that way going forward because there were times when Robbie was inserted into the game early in the game before they got into the red zone. So is this truly a two-quarterback system where he wants to do that or is this Peyton Thorne's offense? Maybe a clarification on that. I mean, he doesn't have to give a clarification on that, but I, I'm curious about it because I hate the two quarterback system with a passion. So I'm with I am right there with Jeffrey Lee. I hate the two quarterback system. Um, but again, if it's a goal line package, I mean that you know they they pretty much know you're going to run anyway, so it doesn't make too much of a difference there. Uh, but I, maybe some clarification on that if he would, um, you know, be willing to give that. We'll see what he says. I'll talk to you Freeze on Monday. That'll be interesting. And then we're right back into game week as Auburn gets ready for Cal um, next Saturday night. Late not late night start Central Time, like 9:30, not uh, Central Time. I think it's seven, yeah. seven, seven thirty out there on the on the West Coast, 9:30 um, Central. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. Appreciate everybody joining us. Cole, enjoy being outside. Jealous. It looks good, man. <laughs> Um, everybody go to auburnlive.com check out recruiting coverage a lot of recruiting news going on make sure you're caught up on that as well as game coverage um, and a lot of stuff coming out of that UMass game and then and then we'll turn the page to Cal here uh, on Monday and week two begins all right everybody for Cole I'm Justin we'll see you next time bye